0: This is a Media 8 production. This podcast may have explicit themes and swearing and may not be suitable for children.
1: The first beer goes down easy. It's bubbly, it's sweet, tickles the back of your throat.
0: The second beer is starting to enjoy it. You kick back, get a bit more relaxed. But it's the third beer, Brett. It is. It's the third beer there where you hit that vibe, a certain mellowness comes
1: over. It's a golden light nectar, I would describe. The pub turns into a very happy place and you've hit that spot that's just right.
0: And our third beer is a special guest each week that we get to interview and have a chat to not only about the beer, but also about life and other stuff that men don't talk about. I'm Brett McCallum. I'm Chris Dixon. And we'd like to talk about the third beer. Hello, buddy, how you going? Hey, hey big fella, how is it? Mate, oh, I'm having a great day. Another win at golf today, two think. weeks in a row. You've always got a cheeky smile on face. I do mate, I'm, I'm buzzing. It's yeah, good. Yeah. Also had some pre-workout this morning, were which you, I probably shouldn't have. Were you mind-fucking <laughs> as well? Or was no, this... I did, a little bit, yeah, not yeah. as much today. Okay. No, no, because they did it themselves. So I think it was still over from last week, and uh, the thing is, yeah, no I won't. Mr. Oh, Presents. And so, what did you do to, before that? I had a bit of... Pre-workout before I actually played golf. A pre-workout. You know, when you go to the gym, you have your pre-workout shake thing and it's full of caffeine and full of stimulants and stuff like that. So I was going really well and then I had the downer. You always have a downer about an hour later. What hole? Well, I think it was about the eighth. Got a bit ugly for a couple of holes, but then no, I come back, so it was good. So you're playing full late in? Yeah, I played later today.
1: How many Ks do you reckon you
0: walk? Oh not many, I'm in the car. <laughs> <laughs> <Probably about> half. <laughs> it's not for exercise. We,
1: we could, we could shift this, couldn't we? We could. This could be another laugh. We probably lap. should have. Mindful
0: walking, yeah. We probably should. That's got a good idea. A
1: cobber doesn't uh, refuses to take a, a trolley. He has to carry his. That's yeah, a, let's not do that. That's, that's I can go level. a trolley. That's so another level I, might, I
0: might take a trolley then. I'll, I'll, that's my next mission. All right. I'll walk it Have, you, have you got me uh, any stats? How are you going with your 48-week? My 45-week challenge? Yes. No, i got no stats, mate. I just know I put a little bit on. I've had a few weeks of uh, debauchery in food. Debauchery? yesterday, big eye-opener. Had a good chat to the wife about it. And uh, yeah, no, it's uh, it's looking good again. We have got an eight-week challenge starts in three weeks' time, so I'm uh, so you lost a bit. Of focus. myself prepared. I didn't. I don't know if I was focused or it was more about the uh, when I was crook and then I started eating shit food in the hospital and I just continued. Sugar's a bad thing, eh? Sugar's not good for you. Once you start, you can't stop. Sugar's like a raunchy
1: woman. You just can't seem oh, to get enough. I tell
0: you what. I've been craving scones with jam and cream for the last three weeks. I had them last night. Yep. Biggest disappointment. Wow. I think it was more the craving than anything. But no, I'm I, over I, food I, now. I'm, I'm good. Curious how many you had before you figured Four. it out. <laughs> yeah, yeah got to have one. a good craving. That was a First one went down well, i tell you what. It's like the beer, isn't it? The first one. Ah,
1: Hence our new podcast, <laughs> The Fourth Scone. Yeah. We'll bring that on. So, mate, what do you, you got for us today? <laughs> Mate, well we're gonna to have to do the beer, sure. Well, we, you know, we will do we do the beer. Well, I've got a I've got a wonderful dear friend and professional colleague and a partner and uh a beautiful person, a beautiful soul. Oh, I so can't it's gonna be a hell of a journey day. She, you're probably she's gonna take you into some type of uh very safe terrain and you're gonna find safe. yourself open and crying at some point. In this that's what I expect today,
0: actually. Awesome. I look yeah, forward you're, to it. You're
1: gonna to talk to her, ask her questions, and all of a sudden you are um, be in tears.
0: Burying your soul. That's 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 oh, what I've I got think. a really good feeling. It's how about this. Works okay. with me. But I'll tell you what, I, I met her about twenty minutes ago yeah. and mate, the aura and the feeling around this woman is amazing. And um I'm not a big fan of blowing wind up people's bumps, <laughs> but the thing is as soon as she walked in the door, you could feel the whole place change. It was pretty awesome. Wow. That's, Look forward to that. Anyway, let's uh naturally brewed in the Fijian Islands, Vanu transforms pure Water into a refreshingly clean, crisp, ultra low carb lager. Wow, what do we got there? Vonu Pure Lager from the Fiji Islands. Where'd you find uh, this,
1: bud? Well, as I get more and more different beers for the third each week, each week it becomes a little bit of a challenge, and I'm I'm spacing between pale ales, which I know you don't Well, like. I'm not a big fan. Not a, of the, a fan of the ale and lagers. And I got no idea until today what the difference... Do you know what the difference between a lager and a ale is? Did you
0: ask the dude at the bar? I certainly did. And what I, did he have to say? Well,
1: I'm curious to know I if you know. I have no idea. I just know that these <laughs> taste better than the other shit that you sometimes bring in. Apparently, <laughs> these aren't uh, refined for as long. They're not brewed for as long. So an ale oh, makes is sense. about six months, so you get more hoppy flavours. So there's a lot more processing going on. Well, in it's a bit cloudier. Yeah, uh-huh. Claudia, uh-huh. where you, you get a crisper lager because it's, you know, it's only done for like two months or something. There you go. Yeah, and, a, and a nails done for about six to nine or something like that. I've been educated. There you go. I thought that would I'm be gonna, interesting.
0: I'm going to try this. Hang on. This is the worst bottle opener ever. Crack it. Oh, I'm just useless at that. Hang on.
1: You'll go. Well done. As we know, the third one's always the best.
0: It's not a good opener. Oh, that was good. Impressive. 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 That'll go. well. Oh, we have spillage. Did you shake these up before they come in? Oh, I just wanted to add a bit of sparkle to it. Oh, it's always oh. the third beer is the best one. Whoa. Oh. And look at that. She stopped the spillage as well. <laughs> nice. There's that's nothing, all good. Cheers. Cheers. <laughs> okay. What do we reckon? Oh, that's nice. That's lovely. That's a nice first taste, is That's isn't a good it? girl bee. A good girl bee. Mm. Wow. There we go. I can feel my oh. inner woman happening.
2: Well, oh, yeah. you like that. I do. I don't do beer, Yeah, but you that's like it lovely. clear. Yeah, it's mm. very
0: clear. I like mm. a little bit of
1: substance. Bit of guts. Yeah, mm. so I'm not sure. but I'll, I'll, We'll I'll, get to the bottom. We'll go, go find out. Eh? <laughs> so, Master Lou, I've introduced you. Psychologist, mother, business owner, very successful business owner, and actually taught me a lot about running a practice. Um, we met in a very interesting uh, moment a few years ago where I uh, had a bit of a breakdown. Of, you know how I like a good breakdown. Yeah, mate, <laughs> you're a great for yeah, a good yeah, breakdown. You know, like to live from the heart and had a fairly honest moment in a professional setting with uh, doing a family therapist uh, clinical training, I think it was, and I'd just been retrenched, so I was in a very interesting spot and yeah. uh, had had a very open, interesting moment. A couple of weeks later, uh, weeks later, Lou says, um, "I've got a spot down here. Why don't you come and hang out with me?" And uh, this is how I ended up with Noah. This is how I've ended up meeting you. So wow. she's so it's the your
0: ca- fault. She's
2: it's the all my fault. All. Yeah. <laughs> Welcome. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. Is there anything you'd <laughs> like to add to that? Yeah, it just it was it was quite an interesting process that um in the therapy that we were doing, you had to do a live session in front of a lot of your peers. So it's quite quite intimidating, quite overwhelming. And um I saw Chris work with a client and I thought I want him on board. And wow. so
0: that must make you feel good, bud. Yeah.
2: Yeah, it did. It did. So are you a
0: clinical psychologist or what's the other one? Registered. They're registered. You're yeah. registered. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. We learned what that was, the difference, but I forget now. <laughs> yeah.
1: Yeah.
0: Well, <laughs> well register, uh, re- we, we call it two and four. We've done the, the, the
1: four-year uh, degree plus yep. two-year supervision where clinical's gone and done their master's. Oh, okay. Okay. And yep. so they haven't had the the uh, groundwork that we've had out in the field, but they've, right. they've had uh, clinical supervision within a clinic. I understand. Yeah, okay, I mm-hmm. have got a master's. That's, you guys
0: are way better than them. Well, no, they earn more money, so <laughs> yeah. we're always mm-hmm. a little bit there. <laughs> There's always yeah. a
1: – Yeah, yeah. And a lot of the new folk coming through, you really can't do our style anymore. It's oh. it's getting
0: harder and harder, so a lot of people are, are
1: clinical sites. We're definitely okay. more
2: psychodynamic, psychotherapy. Buddhist, yogis. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Okay, so you're more the sort of spiritual, Holis- holistic, let's use that word instead. spiritual. Holistic,
1: I would say probably holistic. Yeah. We tend to work with people as opposed to conditions. Okay. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Which is pretty
0: awesome.
2: Yeah, I think that um, my experience as labels can really have an impact on people. For some people, it's a great thing to say, yep, I finally understand what's been happening and it makes sense. But for a lot of people, it can be very defining and it can have a pretty big impact. And especially if it's not necessarily the right diagnosis. Well,
1: that's mm. it, because Brett always refers to the idea that I was the only person to appropriately diagnose him. He, he doesn't have ADHD, he, he doesn't have uh, some yeah. of these other conditions. He was just uh, scared of boredom,
2: yeah. <laughs> which is I probably
1: like ADHD. Which, too. <laughs> yeah. which,
0: which is so true. Yeah.
1: So, oh, Lou, yes. uh, you also have a uh, tour business that you do and you take people over to India and they go on a bit of a Buddhist slash Hindu kind of uh, retreat yep. holiday. Yeah. Uh, so, you know, there's a lot of commonalities in our practice. So yes. Do you want to talk about your base and where you come from and your, your spirituality? Or?
2: Yeah. Um, I think if you'd said to me over 10 years ago, Lou, you're going to head to India, I would have absolutely laughed at you it was the last place on earth that I sort of felt like I wanted to go and visit but um, I had some friends uh, a friend of ours was working in Delhi and um, one of the girls was heading there en route and the words came out of my mouth can I come (laughs) and three weeks later (laughs) I was on a plane to India which just completely transformed my life I don't think I've ever cried as much as I did in seven days. Got to do some pretty crazy stuff like um, meditating with a sage in the middle of a mountain, which was really incredible. Hmm. Dashram. Yeah, it was. And um, when I got back, I decided to do a Buddhism and psychology course And this lady sat there and said, oh, I think you'd really love to go and join this pilgrimage to um, North India. And three weeks later, I was on the plane where I met Karma Lundlop, who is a high lama. Um, He does all of the death ceremonies in uh, the Tibetan community. He's just the most incredible man. And so I just kept going back and meeting with him and then sort of said, can I bring people over? And sort to bridge that gap, he tends to work with people that have been practicing Buddhism for many years, so they have a really good insight and knowledge, where I sort of bring the baby Buddhists or people that are interested in opening up their spiritual journey. So it's, yeah, it's pretty cool.
0: So how do you <laughs> define Buddhism?
2: Oh, I think Chris would be a better person to answer that.
0: How do you define Buddhism, bud? Yeah. I don't think I would be the better person
1: to answer that question. <laughs> but like how, 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 how would I define yeah. Buddhism? Um, uh, the, the recognition of your own Buddha nature. Mm. So Buddha isn't outside you. It's it's, it's your natural state. So, so does yeah. one
0: practice Buddhism?
1: Yeah. Well, the practice is to remove away the barriers to you recognizing your own Buddha nature. Mm. So Buddha didn't say he was enlightened. He simply said he was awake. Oh. Mm. <sighs> And it's what, what cool. I oh, you know, it's really cool. interesting is that just like Jesus wasn't a Christian, Jesus was a Jew. He was a builder. He was a carpenter. Yep. Yeah, sorry, it's <laughs> a, as another label. Yep. Uh, Buddha wasn't was a, was an Indian was an Indian was, mm. a, was a Hindu. Oh really? A Hindu prince. So uh, he, yep. he wasn't necessarily a Buddhist. So it's fascinating when you start to look at How it all connects. So together. if you
0: look at that from like was was he like a little fat bloke with a bald head? No. Uh, that's uh that's So
1: what's that? That's a Chinese Buddha to come that's okay. a, that's a, it's a, it's an avatar that hasn't yet arrived or possibly has but mm. it's to manifest joy and happiness
0: and... so is chinese buddhism the same as indian buddhism the same oh, as that oh,
1: when oh, you start to track oh, it it's beautiful yeah, yeah. oh really yeah. so it goes out of india goes up into tibet goes into tibet into china off to japan into japan and korea and then circles back around and so there's all these different schools and lines and lineages and and that's why dr uh, uh, karma karma lupa yeah, who I haven't met that I would love to meet at some point. Yeah. Um, he has a very specific uh, lineage and a, a, a very, um, you know, high ordered space within the Tibetan community, so he's kind of closely connected with the Dalai Lama. Yeah. And,
0: um, so, in like in Christianity, if you like, there's like Lutheran, there's Catholic, there's oh, that sort of stuff. Is that the same in Buddhism, exactly? Yeah, which okay. is
1: Lou's Lu, very connected with the, the school, but once I entered Buddhism and found out how complicated oh, <laughs> and yeah. diverse the lineages are and how one school believes they've got the real teachings another school. Yeah. I felt like I was back in Christianity. So mm. Oh, really? I, I slept out of the – yeah, it just didn't quite sit with me because I would felt like I'd been through that before. Yeah. So I, my school would be Zen and I did love the Dalai Lama to start with, but once I started to saw how diverse interpretations yeah. were, it all got a little bit clouded for me. And yet karma wow. doesn't
2: – that's the beauty of it and I think that's the true, for me, the true essence of Buddhism that that is that never comes into the equation with him. It's just you're here and we're in the present moment and that's it.
0: Sounds, I like that. That's pretty cool. That's it's, why I love it's, him. Yeah, yeah, it's sounds so
1: cool. wonderful. At the same time, he's not necessarily a monk, is he?
2: No, the interesting he, he's, thing he's that I—he's a called? little bit of a rebel. I think that's why I really <laughs> that's love the him. actual Buddha. Yeah. <laughs> no. <laughs>
0: Is there an actual Buddha, like a
1: Jesus, a Tama? Yes. Okay. A recorded person. Yep. Gautama Buddha. You, yeah, a, yeah. Sorry. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
2: I just said it. Yes.
1: Well, we're talking about karma.
2: Yeah.
1: Oh, I would
0: say so, lose guru. Karma,
2: the Lama. Karma, the karma Lama. Karma, my Lama. Okay. Um, Would you say he's your guru? Ooh.
1: never asked you that before.
2: Yes, I would say he is. Wow.
0: And he's a guru.
2: I'm I'm trying to
0: equivalent it like of a priest or a god?
2: Well, he...
0: You're funny. Thanks. (laughs) i
2: got no (laughs) idea. What I would say is he's the only person that I have seen the Dalai Lama when he is conducting his teachings that stops and acknowledges him. But he would never, ever... Um, see himself as a guru. He sees that he sits opposite me, and we're equal. So it's and he's though, a real person, and yeah, he's live. Is he alive? He's cheeky. He's funny.
1: <laughs> Sorry, you're a bit confused. not yeah. really confused. The, the uh, Louise's guru, Karma, that she went over to India to yeah. see, is her guru. Yeah. Which means her, her, you know, her the connected divotum. teacher. Yep. Okay. So, so he's a real yep. life person. So in
0: Christianity, yep. that would be the Pope or the
1: priest type person? Uh, probably. He's a Lama, so he's more like probably like a bishop.
0: Yep.
2: Oh, okay. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. 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 I think cool. what happens is it definitely in Buddhism that you will um, work with the deities that aren't – so if we talk about the green Tara – we're starting to get a little bit into confusing territory No, that's fine. Yeah. Right. No, this is awesome. Um, Keep is going. going. That, we you cover. can um, worship who isn't alive, if I put it that way, yeah. where he is a live person, okay. a human, um, that I learn from. and He's a teacher. He's a teacher. He's a, and how
0: does he become – well, is it like a hierarchy or does he just become that because they've got people no, following?
2: him? I would say – there is still a hierarchy within, oh, yeah. very much within the community The community um, in Dharamsala. However, he has done an, an immense amount of training. So he went into a monastery, going back to him being a bit of a rebel. He actually, uh, his mother passed away when he was very young and he went and lived, uh, the Dalai Lama's sister set up a fantastic big orphanage and school for all of the children that had um lost their parents that had come over from Tibet. And so he went to that school and learnt all of the teachings. He then went on to be, I think, the first Tibetan man that worked in a hospital in Delhi and did a lot of work analysing blood, something like that. And then he he gave that up and then he actually went into a monastery, but not as a monk, but lived in the monastery side by side with the monks and practice and went, nope. That's not for me. And then he left that and he's actually married and has um, three children and then just really kept evolving with his teachings and sort of he's reached this Lama status. But I think it goes way beyond that.
1: It does because yeah. Karma the Lama in his lineage is considered to be a reincarnated tantric master. Yeah,
2: which is really…
1: Wow. So the 14th yeah. Dalai Lama, do you understand what that fourteenth no. that, that means he is the 14th incarnation of a particular person. Okay. So he's he's been reborn 14 reborn, times. So, yeah. that, you know, you're going back mm-hmm. for a few uh, 14 centuries. So he
0: dies. Who becomes the Dalai Lama? Well, this, this
1: is, is the problem. This
2: is
0: where it
1: gets very interesting with China getting involved.
2: Because through astrology, there's a, a certain process in how they ascertain that you Lama.
1: know
2: the incarnation. And there was a young boy that was uh, looked at as to being the that would experience the teachings and take over, but he has disappeared, Um, and he hasn't been seen for probably over ten years.
1: That's for who?
2: That's the next Dalai Lama.
1: I thought the Dalai Lama was chosen, like the current Dalai Lama was chosen at two years old after yes, Anthony, the, the 13th so the died. Yes, and the
2: person to take over. The lineage. The lineage was a young boy and I, I can't remember his name. And he got to I think about eight or ten, and he disappeared, and he hasn't been seen. And So, so there's a now, bit
1: of political China actually mm-hmm. want to control who the next Dalai Lama, mm-hmm. who the next Dalai Lama is. Okay. So when the current one dies, so the, the current Dalai Lama has come out and said that there will be no, or he will not take well, rebirth in the India.
2: Oh, yeah, well, it's she's all a co- bit hazy. He's co- it yeah, yeah wow. about because this is a big thing. Who will be the next? And that's Dalai Lama? another thing
1: about. Buddhism and Tibetan Buddhism, it's not just about Buddhism, and I like the purity of Buddhism, and this is where we're slightly different, but we're talking about a culture trying to. Mm. So Tibetanism and Tibetan Buddhism are very much interlinked. So when they they come and teach, they're not just teaching Buddhism, they're teaching Tibetan Mm. culture. So there's a lot of interesting things that go along with that. Does that make sense? Wow, it does. Yeah, 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 yeah.
2: So I think the good thing is where there is all of this complexity with with karma um, that doesn't present so he's just all about the here and now there are times when you hear him and he can speak quite um, strongly and loudly about some of his beliefs but um, he, he's really about I'm here
1: he's a bit of a secular guy which is kind of wide in and so the difference between a teacher and a guru, I think that's where we started off, yeah. is that a teacher may give you information or understanding or knowledge, but your guru reflects who you truly are. Okay. So you look into the eyes of your guru and he doesn't have to say anything, but you feel your own Buddha nature. Mm. You feel a deep connection with something bigger than yourself. Or a teacher can give you, so I, in our beginning of your meditation, I might be your teacher, but I've never been your guru. You are not know, somewhere you go, oh, I just, I, I can't not look at you and not feel love.
0: And you can have different gurus, but in the same Buddhism,
1: they call it Sat Guru, which is your core guru, and you can have other more evolved beings that help you along the way. So the
0: Karma Lama, Karma Lama, is that right? Yeah, that's right. Uh, So Karma Lama, how do you view all? I've never met him.
1: I only know of him through Lou. Yeah. So I feel through Lou, I have a connection with a high lineage lama in mm. Tibet. Okay. And I know of him and I know of the stories. And I think we've yeah. even, I said to Lou once, you know, tell him we've got some business. Yeah. But he came out to Australia not so long ago and did a, uh, a, a meditation night at, yep. um, where's uh, Marco's at place? At Healthy Lifestyle Healthy Club. Healthy Lifestyle. Yeah. Wow. And I was planning to go. And this is where it gets trippy. I was yeah. very keen to go. I, I'd lined it up. I knew I was supposed to be there. And, and it got sucked out of my head. <laughs> on the Tuesday it just completely went I just went and had, lunch, had dinner with my uh, with my daughter I didn't think any of it and Wednesday I woke up and gone what the hell I didn't go to that thing and it kind of felt to me that I wasn't ready to meet yeah. the karma Lama. it was just kind of Taken out of my consciousness. Sixty other people went. I've been yeah. I've been waiting for this hacking on Lou for two years yeah.
0: to see this guy. And then go. So it. does the Carmel? And this might be a really stupid question. Does the Carmel Lama wear like robes like the Dalai Lama? No. Llama? So
2: he just dresses in normal clothes. He okay. does have um, yes, Sarah, a, mate, a ro- Yeah, and yeah. robes that he puts on when he's doing. Yeah. yeah. Otherwise, like, like
0: so, when he was at this event at the Healthy he Lifestyle, he does part. have
2: a. He does have a. Shaw, if we okay. call it that, that. Um, and he has with him instruments, so he has a bell and horn and certain things he uses in his ceremonies. Yeah. It's pretty cool. Oh wow, man, that's really awesome. It is.
1: It's like when you're super good at stuff like Tibetan Buddhism has a form. Yeah but when you're so good you don't need the form anymore yeah. people respect you anyway okay so he might he, you need to be in the lineage to get a certain respect and get close to the Dalai Lama
0: but when you're kind of so evolved they just go yeah you don't need to do that so what's the karma lama's relationship with the Dalai Lama
2: um i think that they he is the the Dalai Lama has just known karma since he was a child that they in the tibetan community karma does so much work in terms of are they mates yeah Oh, yeah. That's
0: pretty cool. It would be a good dinner date,
2: wouldn't it? Oh, yeah.
0: Dalai Lama, Karma Lama. Yeah. I just like saying Karma Lama. (laughs) Karma Lama, Dalai Lama. I'm a bit cheeky and
2: I say Karma the Lama from Dharma Sala. So we have a bit of a a joke, but he would laugh. He's just so – he's always – Laughing, jokes.
1: Do you see the joy that comes up in Lou when yeah. she talks yeah, about it? Yeah, you can do yeah, mean. Yeah, you yeah. can see there's a lot of so that, That's the guru thing. It yeah. kind of just reminds you of your own source. So how does this dude make money?
2: Well, <laughs> or is money
0: not a thing? <laughs> huh?
2: He does through his teaching. So he's just spent, I think, three months uh, starting in Victoria, working his way up to the Gold Coast and finishing on the Sunshine Coast. So he conducts teachings and people will give offerings whatever they, they so, think. Oh,
0: so it's an offering. Yep. Like. Okay.
2: And what I think a lot of people don't realise is that he really then channels that money into improving the conditions of a lot of the Tibetan people. So uh, I'm heading off to India next week. Unlike like Marco
1: and Mob. Yeah, and, exactly. Uh, yeah, Mob. <laughs> I mob. Yeah.
2: Yeah. Massive fan. Um, but I've actually sat with a nun who's 84 years of age who lives in a cave no bigger than this room. It is literally made out of rock. Her conditions are appalling and he's managed to get toilets, electricity. Um, I think until you get there, you just don't realise how people live and their conditions and how spoilt we are. Wow.
0: Yeah. And so karma, like I'm a big believer in karma as in... Yeah. stuff bites you on the ass if things if you do yeah. bad things.
1: Entrepreneurial tip number 1, don't <laughs> don't, do, don't be a dick. <laughs> don't be a dick. Yeah. Yeah. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. But um
0: where is he get – does he get given the title of Karma Lama? Like is is he got a name like Bruce or uh, you know what I mean? Does that make sense? My
2: understanding is that he was given the name Karma at birth. Okay. Lama is a title. Is the title. So is like title. Dalai Lama. Yeah.
0: And is is sort of a lama bits the title. Yes. Maybe. I don't yeah. know. But
2: he's also kind of. get a yellow
0: cap when you become
2: yeah. A yeah.
1: Yeah. 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 Wow. And so a a llama isn't necessarily a yogi. No. Oh.
2: And so mm. a yogi might
1: go off into a cave and, and be an enlightened master and meditate by himself for three years, but he's not a llama. Because again, your llama is essentially a position mm. within the, the hierarchy of the structure
0: of the. Then Dalai is at the top. Dalai is the He's dude. the head. He's the Pope. He's yep. the
1: man.
0: As such. As yeah.
1: such. Ooh, that's cool. It's fascinating, isn't it? It is fascinating. It right? is. Yeah. I find so, the whole thing fascinating. I love the story, Lou, if you can tell us that time. And I'm not sure what those certain spiritual practices are called. You know, the particular women, the… The Dakini. The uh, and <laughs> the little experience you had with the Dakini's. Can you give us a little bit of that? What that about that?
0: <laughs> What's a dakini, de-ke- is it? A dakini, I think.
2: Dakini. Yeah. Um, so on my first meeting of, of karma, I was in McLeod Gange and, and I had a dream and it was this word dakini kept coming up and I'd, I'm i a baby Buddhist. Like I had no idea about um, who these dakinis were. And oh, I'm scared that I'm going to get it wrong in terms of really describing them properly, but... Um, we can
1: only speak for our own experience can, yeah. on this podcast and anyone can Google or research any and of this yes. information. Um,
2: <laughs> and so I I got up the next morning and I said to Karma, I've just got, I've had this dream and it's about these dakinis. What are dakinis? And he just he bowed and and um, he said, this is very good. This is very good. And the dakinis were basically the fallen women, um, almost classed as prostitutes and Their role, I think, really evolved in terms of their their love and compassion and they became deities in their own right. And there's still a lot of um, teachings um, around the Dakini. So it was just, it was really... Cool. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: So, so dakinis, th- I imagined, and yeah, correct me if I am wrong, but would have special roles at temple worship, and that they might be sexual roles that they would play and provide services okay. for the community. Yeah. So but they, they did it from a space of the love, community, love and compassion. Well, you've got a whole bunch of monasteries, with a whole bunch of monks. You know, mm. the Tibetan culture has a different view of sex than we do in the West. So, the dakinis were that would be an act of worship mm. almost for them. So, these are very Evolved goddess worshipping you know, princess yeah. who had particular compassionate roles to play. Yeah. And uh Lou felt a special connection, a karmic <laughs> connection. <laughs> and you know, and uh, you know, and and, and you shared that with the guy, and he thought, oh, okay, that yeah. was a connection, wasn't he it? He
2: feels that I yes that and didn't you end up in a church. Oh no, that was with
0: the Kali temple, wasn't it? Oh, yes,
2: yeah, yeah. Oh look. I could talk about India all day long, but so
0: with India, right? India really interests me. Like yeah. I love to go. I love Indian food. Mm. I, love, I love the idea of the. I love that you can actually make a, a, a potentially make a difference there. Like there's yeah. a billion people, two yeah. billion people, however many people, yeah. and some are like there's the really rich and the really yeah. poor. Um, I'd say to my my wife's a very spiritual person, yeah. and I'd say, do you want to go to no way in the world? Yeah. Wouldn't wouldn't be interested at all. Yeah. My kids, they've got an opportunity to go there for school for two weeks. Oh, wow. No, not interested, yeah. don't want to go. I don't like the food, it's going to be yeah. dirty, I'm going to get sick.
2: Yeah.
0: Why and how did that click for you? Does that make sense?
2: Well, I think that's when I originally said, yep. can I come? Uh, like it just something happened that I felt this need to go. And look, I certainly felt completely overwhelmed and thinking, what have I done? Yeah, This is crazy, scary. And it is a it is a country of contradiction. You'll see a lot of wealth and a lot of poverty. But I think the energy of the place just opens up and you just move through your shit whether you like it or not. It's you feel just, scared
0: there?
2: It's funny. I <laughs> feel so safe there.
0: Oh, really? Wow. And,
2: you know, I remember the first time I hit Delhi, I was like, Whoa. it it's so intense. It is so intense.
1: Ram Dass talks about that and says oh, India will melt you. It and, does. and if you fight yeah. if you fight India, it, it will just tear you apart and yeah. the whole thing is you have to surrender. Yeah. If you have to wait three hours to go to the toilet, you gotta wait three hours to yeah. go to the toilet. If you're yeah. on a train with packed with hundred and fifty people and you can't move, nothing you could do. You're gonna give right.
2: up. Yeah. yeah. It's so true. But oh, I don't know, but yet there's something absolutely fascinating about the Indian people and and I mean within five minutes of getting there the first time I was already planning how I was going to change this country, how I was going to fix things. Yeah. You see buildings along the highway where they've built like a concrete frame and then it's just left. So there's it's just crazy and there's not one building but you'll see 30 or 40 of them and it's like but if you could just put some Windows or some stairs, you could house all these people, but so there's so many contrasts and contradictions. And yet, by the end of my first trip, I there was just such a shift that they weren't asking me to fix anything, these people were actually more at peace than I think we will ever be. So it was yeah. interesting, yeah.
1: And so, how do you bring that together with your? Psychological practice, I'm putting on the science cap. Now it's always been a funny angle for us to run. Yeah, I, I, yeah.
2: I think because there's this whole buzz around mindfulness. Um, I think what it's done is made me look at myself and work on my practice, and I think that naturally flows through. So I will use yeah. that meditation. I will use breath. And, and even just getting people to connect into the here and now, which is so hard for a lot of people, to be present. So it's even just those.
0: Is it hard, Britt? It's quite good now. But it's really interesting you say that, though, because – Thank you very much. I'm here all week. But it's really interesting you say that because when I first went to see Chris yeah. – My – the last thing in the world I ever thought I'd be talking about would be spirituality, uh, meditation, all that. I was a bloke going to see another bloke to talk (laughs) about stuff that's like fucked up in my head. Pretty much that was the reason. My wife said to me, you need help. I went and got help. She found Chris. I went to see Chris. Chris. And the last thing I – and he just kept asking me questions, which was a real pain in the ass. But the thing there is the last thing I ever – never even crossed my mind that I would actually end up first doing this, but talking about spirituality or talking about uh, any of that sort of stuff and yeah. the whole meditation and finding your inner self and that sort of yeah. thing, I never knew that. I, I, I find it really interesting the way that you guys bring this into your practice, as you call it, um, because I think it's amazing. I, I really do. And, and being – at one with yourself is just awesome.
2: Oh, it's a big work in progress. Yeah, it takes a long time. <laughs> yeah, we, we. I don't think you ever get there. <laughs> no, I don't. can the knife cut itself? <laughs> no, yeah, certainly yeah, can't yeah. cut <laughs> itself. <laughs> <laughs> but I think it's good too. It, it's taught me to catch myself because there's still days where I'm not mindful. But of course, yeah. So I You're think only human. that's right. So, and I'm. I think for me, every time I've I've been with. Karma is that experiences happen that sit with me, that remind me to slow down and and to really be in the moment. I think becoming a grandma, that's been wonderful because I can sit with the kids.
0: And you can hand them back. And
2: that's even better. (laughs) Love to hand them back because it gets pretty tiring. But to watch it through a child's eyes is that they are really in the moment, that they are just so engaged with what they're doing. And I just—it's great to sit with uh, that.
1: Tibetan Buddhism, you know, uh, before language, before too, they're essentially open little souls. Aren't
2: yeah. They? yeah. Oh, yeah. completely. Yeah. But the
0: thing with kids—they don't see race, they don't see color, no. they don't see any of that sort of stuff. It's just my my, my little black mate or whatever. It's like no. they don't care about that stuff. No. It's just, and and I think being able to be a child again would be good. Oh, it'd be amazing.
2: Very cool. It is. We need to practice it. More. If you, uh, to
1: enter the kingdom, you need to be but a child. Yeah, it's the yeah. old saying. You've got to re- regain your innocence. If you think about it, you're out mm. of it.
0: Mm. That's very true. That's like my golf game. Yes, exactly <laughs> the same. Like I can play 15 really good holes of golf, but the other three I've gone <laughs> Woo, somewhere else and or I've gone like you get say, five shots in a hole for four of them, it's, like, perfect. And the next one's just gone somewhere else because your mind goes somewhere Mm. else. And Mm. like you were saying a minute ago, it's like you can never always be in it. Mm. Uh, And I I just find it really interesting that you guys use this to actually help people.
1: Well, more importantly than helping other people, you know, it it helps who we are. So –
2: <laughs> He's going to go somewhere. I can, go. Uh, I can see it. it's about uh, to happen. You know.
1: You know. I'm wondering um, what what it's been like for you on your journey. How is this? How is this Because I mean, you you've been through a bit to get where you are.
2: Yeah. Um. I well, it, it's interesting because I picked up a book on Buddhism when I was probably about sixteen. Um, Lobsong song, Ramper, the third eye, and because I had some things going, my parents got divorced, and this was around the time that my brother died when I was sixteen, and I had no, I had no compass around how this works, how death works, and we'd had no religious upbringing, so I felt like we were completely lost, and there was something about it that made sense to me, so I think it was a great. Anchor for me, because it resonated. Hmm.
1: Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and then somehow that that resonance led to. I remember you telling me the story once that uh, didn't you follow? Didn't didn't we find out that the person that wrote the well, yes, yes it was yes. actually
2: a fraud? <laughs> <laughs> what happened? <laughs> so this love song who was this Tibetan monk that the U.S. government had hired to. Help with the war, and he could read. Auras was actually
0: (laughs) some dude.
2: Yeah, just pulling it out his ass. (laughs) Wow, I was devastated. (laughs) Which
0: the book that
1: brought you to Buddhism, that brought you to psychology, that became the framework that brought you to karma, was actually was start off was bullshit. It's It's fascinating, isn't it? it, (laughs) It's like our concept of God. Yeah. And I know we, we at Britain have some very really good <laughs> conversations. But there's this, this fairy tale guy in a in a in a blue robe with a beard, you know, is sitting in the clouds that is this concept. Yeah. And it kind of draws us deeper into a, a bigger sense of ourselves. But then we get stuck arguing whether or not there's a guy in a blue robe and a beard. Or it's more and, than and, and it's called God. It's all oh yes. Well, that's right. And uh that idea, that concept is what we argue against, you know. You know, Nietzsche said God is dead or, you know, uh, he's the guy that, uh, the, what's that guy's name? Oh, the great, um, oh, isn't it? yeah, it's gone. Help me out,
0: people. Gone. Yeah. Morgan yeah. Freeman. <laughs> 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 it's really interesting how you say that because no, the they've got the man in the blue robe with the beard. That's God. you right. That's an idea. It's concept. concept. Yeah, no, I'm yep. just saying, but yep. then in movies, <laughs> It's always a black bloke with a really deep voice. Well, we're, <laughs> we're the irony in that. We've <laughs>
1: evolved, and you know, we have. We're trying to challenge. I'm looking for the movie where God's a girl.
0: Ooh.
2: Well, I wasn't yeah. going
0: to go there. Well, oh, it's uh, probably going to happen. Is, It'd be uh, Oprah
2: though. But is God? <laughs> it, <laughs> not, have to be Oprah. Not, it would be Oprah. That's right. a double
0: Emmy. Hey, um,
2: <laughs> but is God not androgynous? Totally.
1: Hmm. What, you know, I know. How's your mantra going?
2: My mantra's going well.
1: Yeah, you've been putting it out there, because you kind of have a tendency to the feminine aspect of Buddhism as well.
2: Yeah. You, with
1: the Tara. Yeah. And I do. What's your mantra again?
2: Of so <laughs> you don't want <laughs> to say Of the Green Tara? Yeah. Um, uh, if I say it correctly, Um Tare Tu Tare Tu Re So ho. Nice. Yeah.
0: And what's that mean?
2: Oh, or it doesn't um, mean? It's it's really around love and compassion, okay. the Green Tara. Yeah.
0: And what's the Grand Tara? Uh, you say grand taro. Green. Green, green. Sorry, So there's the all green different
2: towers. So green tower is love and compassion. uh
0: uh-huh. Heart-based, heart yep. Are these those things you've got in your office, the yeah, different colours?
1: Yeah. No, oh, yeah.
0: But, no. no yeah, there is no, all yes.
2: statues. You've got a green tarot, have you? No, not my office. Oh, you do. Oh, you have a beautiful picture one.
1: of green tower. yeah. So that's just choosing to worship. Green tower mm. to me would be Holy Mary or yeah. Isis or a female deity. Okay. See, so in in Eastern traditions, you get to choose your deity. It's not a bloke in a white beard, yeah, in a, oh. in a blue robe. There's there's thousands of deities that you could say, well, I feel connected to this one. So yeah. that's the image I'm going to use as a as a metaphor or a concept for me to get closer to God. But once you get close enough, you have to give up the concept. Yeah.
0: Oh, that's deep. Well,
1: that's how it rolls. In India, they call it Ishtar deity, your deity of choice. But you know from the very beginning that that's just an idea that eventually I have to surrender at some point. Is there rules around when you surrender it? No, I think you've got to find that for yourself. And okay. I think your guru can be the one. So even gurus, you worship your guru, you feel mm. a connection with the guru, but the guru is really only reflecting your own true self. So in the end, you have to give up the do. And Ram Das talks about that. I love my guru so much, but then I realized I was just worshipping the, the, the door frame. Mm. It was really an, <laughs> he was an open space to a, a deeper sense of me, not his physical being really didn't matter in the end.
0: So is Ram Das your guru?
1: Oh, I think Ram Das is a, a, a wayward, forward thinker. He, he he talked about stuff 40 years ago that we're just really beginning to understand. Mm. So from psychology and in, in the he did this in the late 60s, early 70s. And even regards to LSD and his research now, there's a whole lot of research coming out that they're curing people in uh, psychiatric boards with mm. one-hits of LSD and taking them on trips because it changes how you perceive things. Yeah. So instead of giving you electric shock treatment or mm. put you on, uh, you know, a chemical therapy for, for 20 years, we give you an LSD trip, guide you through that process, and at the end of it, you've actually, oh, okay, I'm not the person who I thought I was when I was depressed. Mm. That person's gone. I'm a wow. different person now. So this is a lot of stuff in Scandinavia, and there's a lot of stuff coming out. So it's, it's becoming quite... Yeah, an interesting field. But he was talking about that 40 years ago.
0: That's interesting. I learned yesterday, I like to be educated, and I learned yesterday that um, PTSD is actually um, treated with ecstasy. So there, there's, there's a thing out there that wow. that, that someone, someone, I don't know who's doing it, but I think it's in the States, and they're treating PTSD with ecstasy because with the PTSD, they um, is more about so the aggression side of things, and then when they have the ecstasy, it was the complete opposite or yeah. something like that. And I was just like, wow, I like spun well, the, out by the way that they actually The original that drug
1: was used in couples therapy very early on. That's where ecstasy comes yeah. from. It was, oh, really? It was used to, hey, you're <laughs> having problems? Take a few of these. <laughs> and, a uh, you will feel a lot more love tomorrow morning. <laughs> 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 which is where it comes from. There you from. go. Yeah, yeah, uh, it's interesting. Well, so well. I wouldn't say he's my guru, but his guru was Neem Carl Baba, which is another beautiful, beautiful being. I recommend you you look at that on the, um, you know. Love every everything. Um, but I suppose Ram, Ramana Mahashni is a person that I feel deeply connected to. And that's a, that's a bit of an Indian saint. So. Alive?
0: No. Who's your Karma Rama? Uh, Karma Lama, sorry. Not Karma Rama. That sounds like a Boy George song.
1: <laughs> your guru doesn't have to be on this plane.
0: Yeah. Oh, okay. You can be lucky enough to have a guru in physical one. form, yeah. or it can
1: be a, a dream or a mental image yeah. or a spiritual connection, okay. or you're talking many, many lifetimes. Yeah, yeah, so i got, I got a few, I reckon.
0: Yeah. Wow. Okay. Hmm. And do you talk to them? Do you do you like, how, how do you, <laughs> and what, what like, do you, like, your mantras and stuff, do you, is that aimed at them or they help you? How does that work?
1: Well, I was in a bit of a state yesterday.
0: Yeah. I was feeling
1: pretty ratty, you know, like a bit of stuff going on, personal stuff going on. I was feeling really, and there was no way out of this situation. And so I said to my, I said to my Ramana Maharshi, I kind of laughed and said, man, you've got to take care of this because this is all fucked up bullshit. <laughs> and I kind of just broke into laughter and I felt this really warm, loving feeling. And I kind of just kind of found my groove again. And then I wake up this morning and uh, something's changed and it was all bullshit anyway. I didn't have to worry about any of it. Mm. But for me, that's the practice. I reached a point where, ah, you've got to take it. You've got to take it. There's Mm -hmm. nothing I can do with this. This is. So it's like a conceptual framework. It's surrender. It's giving to my guru. It's throwing out. And I wake up the next morning and it's fixed. And it's like, holy crap. So all that worry and angst and pain and grief was just a whole lot of shit. Wow. That for me is my, that's how I roll. That's the teaching. What do you got to say about that, Lou?
2: I agree. Yeah. Yeah. We get caught up in it. The book by um, Don, uh, Don Miguel Ruiz, The Four Agreements, and he talks about, one, be impeccable with your word. What we speak is what we manifest. Our words can be of poison or they can be of love. And he says don't assume because we assume so much and jump in to all of these conclusions and get all head up, usually a lot of the time over nothing. Um. don't take it personally and do the best you can. And when you look at those four agreements, you think, yeah, that's okay. Pretty hard to implement all the time and yeah, to I'm live sure. by that. And I think they're a really good foundation to sort of, yeah, again, try and pull yourself up because we do. We jump into stuff and waste so much good energy.
1: I think that's what people get confused about with the practice. Mm. The practice is preparing you for the moment when your bullshit hits you <laughs> that you can possibly maybe work through it. The practice when it's easy isn't the real practice. Right. It's when you've, you're faced with your your, your, your arch enemy or, yeah. or the wife that knows how to push that button yeah. or those people that drive yeah. you crazy or the guy that cuts you off. That's the moment when all that stuff's supposed to come together. And yeah. That's the trickiest time to and employ it. That's the hardest. <laughs> but that's when...
2: what
0: practice is, isn't it?
2: It is. It is. It's
1: it's
0: like golf. The Golf. Uh, football. After yeah. it, whatever you go to practice and then you play the big game on the weekend. So you're, you played your big game yesterday and how'd oh, you go? Yeah. I played a game. How did the game go?
1: Oh, well, it was interesting, the poison, because I felt like I had a hate serpent. It was yeah. spreading oh. poison in me. I, actually, that's a bad An image. That, I could feel that. Well, actually, as a little fella, yeah. competition, I'm very accustomed to hate. Yeah. If we were playing footy, yeah. I, I would hate you. That's how <laughs> I would get aggressive and get in your face and act like I was bigger than I should be. Yeah. And that would be that energy. So that's an energy I use when I feel under threat. And so when I feel like I'm being undermined or humiliated or that, that that's the energy that comes up. But it's just poison because it never ends, does it? Hate leads to hate leads to hate. There's no outcome. There's no good outcomes from that process. So to recognize that and try to hold onto it and grapple it, it felt like I had a s- snake spreading poison in me. I had to, oh, but then when I released it and just said, hey, man, you got to take this because I can't deal with this shit, the relief was phenomenal.
0: So how how do you do with that, Lou? Like let's say let, let's say Chris was a client of yours and he's coming, he's got all this hatred in him and he's not happy, he's having a bad day. What what? How do you deal with that? You do it different than what he would. Like do you guys work similar? Do you have similar thought patterns?
2: I think we do. I think we probably do have quite a similar practice. I suppose I'd work with the energy of the anger, which is Chris's. Was a snake? Isn't yeah. a snake? So yeah. I, I'd, I'd probably say let's work with what the snake's doing. Okay.
1: So I think and for it, me that's a metaphor for that yeah, feeling. Yeah, that,
2: yeah. that is
0: an energy. Yeah. It's yeah.
2: acknowledging. It's actually acknowledging that I feel angry or that there is this feeling.
0: And then that's okay too.
2: Yeah. And yeah, I think okay. for a lot of people can't.
1: No. Well, yes, yes. In the purest mindfulness <laughs> sense, it is okay. <laughs> but when you're being torn apart from yeah. the inside, yeah. do you take action? And I. I find that's what mindfulness stops and practice begins. But,
0: but from a therapy point of view, is is that something that you tell you? In this case, Chris, you tell your client that's okay to feel like that because you should. I don't know what's the. Well, I
2: think it's important to acknowledge it because a lot of people have this feeling, and so this this feeling comes up, and they either push it down or push it away, and so it just keeps, but yeah. gurgling you know, manifesting oh, I know getting insidious. <laughs> Whereas if, if we can acknowledge I actually feel really angry about this, I think that's the first step. I think
1: it is the first step. Yeah. Yes. And I think it's the very the most important step. But then you can't then what do you do with sit it? in hate. No. no, 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 <laughs> and that's a bad thing. No. Well, it, it, again, when I mean, you're not being judgy, if that's all you can do, that's all you can do. You can sit with it, but that's really hard work. Oh no, I, yeah, 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 yeah. And yeah. I
2: think you know, Chris was talking from his perspective, working with he, himself at that time when yeah. he's able to catch it. I think a lot of people can't catch it, and that's that's the problem. They I can't I even. Can't either.
1: Yeah, yeah. yeah. It almost cost me a day. But some people lose a week or yeah. a month. Uh, I have in the past. And yeah. some people do some really stupid
0: shit yeah. because they can't get out of
2: it. Mm. Well, that anger just keeps bubbling away. And, and as you said, it, it never leaves them. And that's when things go haywire. That's mm.
1: the old saying, there is no rest for the wicked. That's true, There's no rest for anger. There's no rest for yeah. hate. There's no rest for vengeance. It's perpetually self reducing. Richard Dawkins and that kind of, that was the guy I was thinking of, the atheist. Yeah. yeah sorry, it just came to me. So, mate, you do this <laughs> okay, kind of okay stuff. Then. just wanted to, for the podcast, for the listeners <laughs> out there, just want to reference that. that so what, what that was the name. Richard Dawkins thing? Uh, that he he's fighting against a concept of God. He's arguing, is that what atheists, <laughs> he's, atheism He's asking, atheism ar- arguing against an idea as opposed to the very being of our own existence.
0: Would he so also argue against the Buddha? Or the other he, well, gods? I don't, I, like. I don't
1: even entertain his argument because I think it's 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 fairly small. But that's where they tend to come from. That there's a concept they're arguing against. For instance, your practice over the last few weeks is to notice that you're uh, you're getting on the fang. You're loving some scones. <laughs> oh,
2: well, I haven't yeah. and you witnessed it.
0: You knew it was happening. Didn't oh, you?
1: Yeah, 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 sure, yeah, yeah, for sure, for And, and it was but the your first... missus had to come and say, "No, hey. no it
0: was me." Oh, did you? What, well, you know? actually, no, it wasn't. Yeah. <laughs> she did a couple of days ago. She mentioned it. And I just and as she told me last night, I brushed it off, right? Did you? Just, yeah, I did, yeah. Uh, okay. yeah I didn't realise so at the time. So that was your defence mechanism? Yeah, yeah, no, I'm right. Yeah, it's all good, love. Like, all whatever. Good, yeah. like, that's all good. But yeah, no, then last night I said, I need some help. And I said, I'm going to see Chris tomorrow. We're going to have a chat. And she goes, oh, that's good. And then she goes, what are you asking? And I was, and I was just chatting about food. And I said, my big thing was before I got crook, I was doing really, really well. You were on fire. Smashing it.
1: Smashing it.
0: And... I don't remember what I was doing. You don't now? No. And so I'm sitting there going, oh, wow. I was, had myself in a pattern of eating and doing all that sort of stuff and it was going really, really well. And then I got crook and then I started eating shit food and ooh, I like shit food <laughs> and uh, and that sort of stuff. And then you sit there going, okay, what was I doing that was working so well? And I didn't remember. And then I sat down with her and she goes, you were eating a big meal for lunch and a big meal for dinner, and that was it. And then you were doing your fasting, and which I really, really enjoyed. You loved it. And it was like, oh, boom, 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 back in my head. Yeah, let's do that. Let's start that this week and let's get cracking again. And it made me think, like normally in the old days, I wouldn't have even asked. This, Oh, yeah, I'm fine. Love it. It's all good. Ah. But, yeah, now it's, uh, it's opened that up, mate. See, so, see the spiritual practice right there. The acknowledgement no. was the mindfulness. Yeah. Hey,
1: something's going on. Yeah, but you can't just sit in. Hey, I'm eating scones and I love scones and I. I'm like, I had oh, to I have the know. scone though. You did the, could scone. Have the, yeah. you exper- the scone. I had the conversation. You had to experience the feeling of anger or hate. or rage. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You had to experience the scone. Oh yeah. But at some point you recognise. <laughs> the, <laughs> the fourth the scone.
2: The fourth scone. <laughs> that was the moment.
1: The third beer. The fourth <laughs> the scone. The fourth scone. Yeah. Was the moment where you went, wait a minute. Hang on, that's it. This seems very familiar. I've done this before. And then you've gone to. Your missus, your guru. Yeah, you've laid it out. Oh, I love uh, it. And you said, "Hey, you know, I'm struggling here. I'm not sure what direction to take." And she's gone, "Hey, do you remember what you are doing before?" And you've gone, "Oh, wait a minute. Yeah, I was doing this. These were my practices, and now you've put them back in play."
0: You've just—he's nailed it. That's beautiful,
2: isn't it? Nice. He's just that's nailed, it? what it's all about.
0: You can
1: call me the skon guru.
0: Scone <laughs> <laughs> <Skon-a-llama.
1: laughs> No, but I think that's the practice. It isn't is. Yeah. It? yeah. yeah.
0: No, that's very true, and uh, and thank you once again, because that's something that I've learned over time, and and I mm. think it's something that uh, I could have held on to that and then just got big and fat again, and then just when we not started, from a happiness point of view,
1: started the podcast, Brett had had a couple of mates die, he came into my office and uh, he's, he's talking about a bit of grief and a bit of pain and a work colleague and someone he was close to and bang bang gone, and uh, we start talking about his weight. Because, you know, he's, he's a bigger bladder and he's carrying it well now and he's, you know, mid-40s and it's not a drama. And then I said, mate, if you're still this weight 10 years from now, it's going to start to be an issue. And it was kind of just a bit of a penny.
0: Yeah, very but much But then he so. got in
1: hardcore, oh. went hardcore. We do all do this, don't we? You know, yeah. yoga, spiritual practice, we get really
0: extreme. And then you got sick. Yeah, then I got crook. And actually, that's one thing my wife said to me last night, she goes, you blame you getting sick on eating healthy. Oh, well, I sit wow. here and think maybe you were going really hard. Yeah. yeah. You were going hard, hard. And yeah. then the thing is, she goes, that's what you blame it on. She goes, <laughs> and the reason you've eaten like shit for the last six weeks is the fact that you blame getting crook on all those good <laughs> And I'm sitting there going, yeah, that's true. It's true. Wow. Isn't that where uh, That's what I went on. Good insight. Why, yeah, guru. Good you know, my insight. wife is my guru. You married your guru. She's a lucky girl, isn't she? <laughs> <laughs> I tell her that every day. <laughs>
1: She's a Buddha satpher Came here to help out the crowd.
0: And so, but what does that true. mean to you now? What is oh, that? Oh, mate, it's, I'm, I'm back on track. I, I'm, I'm having a, a good couple of days over the next few days to get my head sorted out. I'm back on my amino acids. I'm back doing stuff properly. I'm training again. Well, I've been training the whole way through. So, but, um, I, I just for your benefit, Lou. I I did a thing at the start of the year. I, I've got a philosophy that people do eight week challenges and things like, that and then get fat again. Yeah, because <laughs> that's what I've done for the last twenty years. Um, so I set myself a forty five week challenge. So when oh. I turned forty five this year, and I set myself a challenge of forty five weeks because I'm going to have Christmas off. Um, other than that, I'm going to like set myself wow. this challenge to yep. lose a heap of weight, get healthy. But my big thing is not getting healthy for. The short term is for the long term. Long term. Yeah. And I don't think you can do that in eight weeks. No. And so there's uh, at the gym there's a number of eight-week challenges through the year and I'm coming into my third one. Um, and this one's for a cast. I'm going to win this one. Uh, but, uh, wow. but But my whole philosophy around this was that <laughs> well, I keep going. Well, now plot thing.
2: <laughs> <laughs> Another
0: cast. I'm up two weeks no, ago. So last, last six weeks. <laughs> <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> we're, uh,
0: we're trying to oh, – I know how you operate now. <laughs> I didn't know about it until two weeks. I made it oh. because the inner mind Yeah, it was one of those things. Yeah, but the thing, my, my big philosophy here is that if I can do that over a 45-week period, I can do it for life. And that's that's where I want to go. And that, that's what I, what I want to do. And I've obviously gone off the rails a little bit, um, but nothing like I used to. And, I, told and you, I think
1: it's good. I told you Lou would end up making us bury ourselves. She did, she didn't she? She's sitting there <laughs> Without, like, she'd like, like a
0: queen. A what are you
1: about? working on, Lou? Yeah. Yeah. This is the third beer. <laughs> we interview you. Exactly. <laughs> Deconstruct us. Jesus.
2: <laughs> I'm just sitting yeah. here. I know. <laughs> oh, we
1: know that's what you're doing. What, what are you currently focused on?
2: I've been... Well, I've actually been working on my diet and lifestyle as well because my hubby, um, he's got some health issues at the moment and and we need to pull it in because we, as much as I like, I I think I'm very spiritually loose. I really like my (laughs) spiritual practice but I really like to have a bit of fun so we're working on that and also part of Chris was always good to remind me when we were working together to keep my daily practice up so I've been working on meditating At least once a day, if not twice. Morning and night. Nice. Mm. It just really opened. When you're doing that, it just opens so much up, I think.
0: And do you listen to something when you meditate?
2: Uh, I, I do both. I'll either meditate on my own or I'll listen to a guided meditation or I'll listen to talk, so... Yeah, depending on my mood. Yeah,
0: because my wife listens to um, you must call it guided meditation. Yep. I suppose. yeah. And it's it's called the vortex, and Ooh, okay, and cool. it's really cool. So every yeah. night when we go to bed, yeah, she turns she on the thing, on. and and that. Put her to sleep like that Yeah. And like it, yeah. i listen to the words and I, I think originally i was trying to think too much about what what they're actually saying and yeah. what it's all about but you yeah, know i find that really calming and yeah. that's really cool so in effect i'm meditating but not even realizing that's I'm right. actually meditating. you're actually the time.
2: doing way more work than you realize no it's good yeah, isn't it's
1: cool you're
2: fine. i'm worth
0: it way is. more money
1: <laughs> <laughs> i think we all are, we are yes <laughs> Ah, oh, there you go. Well, it's been a, a very interesting journey, and uh, I just want to say, Lou, our, our time together has been amazing for me. I think you open people's hearts. That's what you do, you know. And yeah, I think that the nurturing, loving space that you create for people, and the practice that you do to maintain that, and that's the meditation and going over to see Karma, and so all these kind of traditions and practices we put in place is really about learning to keep our heart open and be present for people. And I feel like you do that beautifully.
2: Thank you. And I feel feel the same because you. I miss having Chris across my hallway at, at uh, our old office because it was always good to check in and Chris is good at keeping you grounded and Keeping things real. Yes, it, so. was, it was
1: like about uh, a week into my separation that Lou, oh, really? Lou comes across and goes, "Chris, <laughs> <laughs> I'm leaving you."
0: So uh, it was two in a week. <laughs> it was oh, it was pretty intense, in man.
1: Yeah, yeah. I held yeah, it together. I sobbed a little. Yeah, I did. I worked it. <laughs>
0: <laughs> but, but, oh no, you made us feel bad. Now I thought we were I supposed to cry. No, I'm going
2: to cry.
1: It was just an interesting transition, wasn't it?
2: Um, yeah, because uh, I
1: obviously didn't. I think you'd have been hold it, holding it back for a little while too. I think you kind of knew things are going to work. Like you always said, hey, I've got three years in any place and I get yeah, itchy and i got to go. I
2: tend to do
1: that, don't I? I think Brett's a bit the same. Yeah, you know? my
2: husband um, always says that every three years I get itchy feet and need to change. So talk
0: to me about your... Um business now you're taking people to india and stuff like that yep. what's what's the story there
2: so i have my other business is soul awakening retreats and
0: soul awakening, awakening retreats is yep. there a website that goes with it
2: yes there is if,
0: what's the website
2: soulawakeningretreats.com okay. and um, we go to india every around every october and we also do a lot of work with cambodia my daughter and i have sort of supported a a, a organization over there and in terms of working with schools and trying to improve the education for the Cambodian children and then I run retreats too. on on Inbar and what's that?
1: we were so? digging uh, wells in yeah, Cambodia. Yeah, so
2: my gorgeous daughter uh, had a trip to Cambodia and did some volunteer work with a school VDCA and uh, had to travel about 40 minutes out of Sam Reap every day and this school had no clean water. And all of the villages, all the the families in the village really didn't have a lot of access to fresh water. And a lot of them were living on a dump, which they would burn off every day. So just even the exposure of the chemicals and the smoke to the kids. Um, So Emily and I did a fundraiser. We got a well put into the school and um, we keep sort of supporting them, going back each year. And it's just lovely to see now all the families are off this rubbish dump. So that's um, and that they uh, fresh water fresh water ground, yeah. and we actually went to a village where they'd put a well in, but there wasn't a filter, and this there was this green stagnant water, and the kids that's the only source of water, so of course they get a lot of sickness and, yeah. um so it's just you know a couple of hundred dollars we could get a filter in and we could you know the wow. whole village so again that's the sort of stuff that I think um really fills my heart, so we do that as well. And what yeah. were you doing
0: in Byron Bay, did you say?
2: So we do So I just also do women's retreats okay. in Byron Bay once a year as well.
0: Yes. And what's that?
2: So, so that's really just locking down for three days and uh, eating really good healthy food, doing yoga, and that's probably more of a therapy process where I get you to work through your blockages and hopefully come out And when's the, the next one of those? Probably in February of next year, but that'll be the dates will be on the website. Awesome. Wow.
0: Yeah.
1: And our last week's podcast we had Les, uh, you know, Terry. Magpie. Magpie Terry talk about Liz and his uh retreat up yeah, there. Exactly. Uh, so we might have to organise one for all of us to get out there and uh, you know, hang out. Yeah.
0: That'd be great. And yeah. I'd love cool. to send my wife on your women's retreat. She'd love that. Oh we uh we went down to I think it's called Gaia.
2: Yeah. Which is uh, Libby yeah. Newton-John's one.
0: Yeah. I, w- I went with her, this is before I'm me, and uh, that's really weird. Um, <laughs> but, but previous to my current being, if you like, and we went down there and they fed us. We, yeah. We sort of got locked down. We had massages. We yeah. did, did the yoga thing and all that. It was amazing. It was yeah. so good just yeah. sort of for, for three or four days that's just right. being clean and yeah. and sort of the whole energy thing and it's on top of the rock and it's all stunning. that kind of stuff. Yeah. Oh, it's amazing. Yeah.
2: Because I think we don't make that time for ourselves and – I think you can get so much more done in three days and, you know, an hour session. So, yeah, very much so. Um, so it's cool, yeah. Well, that's awesome. Well, thanks so much for coming in. Thank you, guys. Like,
0: I, I still feel this amazing – it's funny <laughs> when I used to go and see Chris in his office before he used to come and see me here is he go, you walk in there and he goes, whey, what's that energy that's just walking the door? <laughs> He'd be going, man, you're buzzing. Like and it was one or the other and there's just this calm, isn't yeah, there? It's just like – it is. It's beautiful. It's the Lou factor. <laughs> <laughs> well, let's go to the beer. The beer. Let me try and read this again. It's very, very small writing on this. It's from Fiji. It's naturally brewed in the Fijian Islands. Vanu transforms pure water into a refreshingly clean, crisp, ultra-low carb lager. So, what we do here? What we do here, Lou is we have a picture in our head of where you would drink the beer and, and how it makes you feel, and then we give it a score out of 10. So Chris always goes first. What have you got for us, buddy?
1: Well, it just occurred to me uh, as I was at the third beer Christmas party. let you go. And I've, just, and I've uh, <laughs> just, just sunk uh, a Banu as one of our beers, because we've got all the beers we've had on the show at the Christmas party, as obvious, yeah. (laughs) Uh, And because I want to be a low carb, I'm cutting down, you know. I, I didn't pick this for the low carb, but it was a very clean snap. I'm talking to Lou. She's just come back from India. You know, Brett's just made another million dollars. Everyone's <laughs> happy. Knocked there's everyone. a buzz of <laughs> lightness. You know, Santa Claus is coming. There's, yeah. that, there's little kids running around. The sun's setting over one of our lovely resorts on uh, the sun. Uh, the, you know, the Gold Coast, and we're watching the sunset. And uh, I'm thinking, well, 2018. What a not, what not a bad year. Not a bad year. That's what I'm thinking.
0: Nice. And what are you giving out of ten, bud?
1: For so the beer itself, I'm going to score two scores today. The beer itself, I'd probably say about a six and a half, but because it's ultra low carb and it was such a clean drop, went down very easy, it's that, going to bring it up to an eight and a half, nine, you know, know. know. Wow. because it is, it's good for you. It's good for you. you. You can have six of those and, and not feel bad in the morning.
0: <laughs> Fair <laughs> enough. <laughs> so what do you got for us, Lou? What's the picture in your head?
2: I was actually down at Byron Bay at a a lovely little house in Currabel and it had this beautiful balcony and this just gorgeous view of the valley and I can see myself sitting on the deck having one of these. Nice.
0: Mm. I like that. And what do you score that out of 10? Oh,
2: I'm thinking an eight and a half, nine because I don't do beer and I can – I can go and drink this. Nice, this
0: is good. We like that one. Maybe a new Tinkerbell, yeah. a beer bell. Beer bell. I like that. <laughs> sounds very good. You like that. It no, does it. A yeah. Okay, so I'm. have never been to Fiji, but I reckon that's Fiji in a
2: bottle.
0: Yeah. I, I I can see myself sitting on a little island, kick back, watching the kids swimming in the ocean, talking to talking to my lovely wife, and uh, we're both knocking back a. Von- How do you reckon you say it? Vonu? Vonu? Vonu. Vonu? Vonu. And, um, I love the idea of the the low carbs. actually makes it a lot easier to drink, I reckon, as well. Clear. And mm. the lager, because it isn't distilled for as long. <laughs> <laughs> no,
2: Indeed. Just, well. uh, you
1: know, just for the punters out there, I didn't know.
0: <laughs> That's what a lager is. So I'm, I'm with you. I reckon eight and a half, nine. That's one of the best beers we've had on the show. Pure lager. Love it. Well, Blue, thank well, thanks so much
2: thank for coming you. in and being the third beer me.
0: today. Brother, namaste. Namaste. Thank you. It's been awesome. Lou. thank you again. Thank you. Excellent, thanks guys. See ya.